It's like if you rode a roller coaster and you just like went up and you just like stayed at the top. And then like you slowly went back down. But how uncomfortable would that be if you just spent like the rest of the day just like slowly going down the roller coaster? And yeah. it would feel like a little icky and you might still feel like on edge, right? You might be like, oh, we're still really high. Like this isn't over yet. And that's kind of like how aftercare works. It helps bring you down in a healthy and safe way. Hello, honey, and welcome to Honey Do Me Podcast. I'm Cass. And I'm Emma, and we're just two gals looking for a good lay. Aren't we all? (laughs) But when it comes to sex, we're just as lost as you and have no idea what we're doing. Luckily, we will stop at nothing to get the answers we need. Cue our expert guests. We're ready to overshare and ask all the embarrassing questions so you don't have to. By the end of every episode, you will be dripping in actionable steps and ready to take on the damn world. Or at least take it from behind. (laughs) (laughs) So tell us, honey. How how do do you do you? here live from new york <laughs> i wish it's not saturday it's not saturday could night. be for you by the time you're listening to this who knows what day of the week it is for you i just got my nails done Ooh, i didn't even see them oh i love they're them. like a sage sparkly green oh they're so cute so i just kind of went for it thank you that's what um our nail lady told me <laughs> we have the same nail lady same doctor i mean amongst same. other things why not just merge our entire <laughs> mm-hmm. cells yeah at this point fine yeah so i just got my nails done and that feels good um i'm gonna go to la pretty soon so i'm just kind of getting dolled up yeah because you got a niece i have a niece (laughs) she is more human than any person in my family her name is balboa (laughs) her name is balboa (laughs) she yeah my sister just got a new puppy so i'm gonna go see them and by them i mean specifically just the dog Mm -hmm. honestly seeing the pictures of this puppy almost makes me want another puppy and almost makes me forget how much it sucks. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh my God. I was like, I was on the Humane Society site today. Oh my God. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> but then she'll send me, my sister will send me text messages. It's like, she slept 30 minutes last night. We took turns sleeping on the floor and now I'm napping in the middle of like my meeting or something. Like, so, okay. I'm like, oh, I guess. I guess I won't. I'll have yeah. to wait. As much as I love animals, they freaking suck. And it's, I mean... I'm never buying another animal until Mm -hmm. like with someone until I'm married to someone. Mm. And also I don't want to buy another animal and deal with puppy training until I have someone else that I can make do it for me. Absolutely. I think I just have to wait. Yeah. Apparently. Well, anywho, they give us lots (laughs) and they take away more. (laughs) They take away more. Um, speaking of getting things taken away (laughs) and giving your well being. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, something that we haven't talked a lot about is what to do after sex. We talk a lot about what to do during the before part, but it turns out the after part is like just as important, if not more if important not more for so. like establishing how it's going to go the next time. Yeah. Because I think if Cass and I learned anything, which you will hear, we did not realize how deep of a hole not knowing what aftercare was mm-hmm. dug us in and like not knowing how to give it to ourselves it's kind give of give it to yourself give it to yourself <laughs> baby but it's that's another thing it's solo and partnered mm-hmm. that you can have aftercare yeah it's all over the map so sex is a powerful experience and you gotta come down from the power <laughs> gotta come down easy and nice mm. wrap yourself in a blanket and feel good at the end yeah so we brought on violet mm-hmm. just a true gem to share all the aftercare advice and she just walked us through the whole damn thing gave us all the tips, tricks, and reasons that aftercare is going to change your fucking life. It's going to abs- change your life and your relationships mm-hmm. with yourself and with other people. Um, and it's extremely important in advocating for what you want. Mm-hmm. So enjoy. Enjoy. Bye. Hi, my name's Violet. Um, my pronouns are she, her. I am a sex educator living in Brooklyn. I'm a polyamorous, kinky, queer, all the things, sex educator. Um, I've do coaching. I call myself a confidant for your sexual adventures because folks feel really comfortable sharing with me. So that's really how I like to um, put myself out there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
We love that. I love anyone that's open to just receiving everyone's, uh, I don't know, sexual questions, helping them feel more confident. That's why we're all here, right? Exactly. Some shameless questions. Shameless questioning. (laughs) Well, today we really want to dive into what aftercare is. And we've heard Mm -hmm. it a few times. We've touched on it lightly, but like we just want to know what it is and how to do it. So could you give us a definition of what aftercare is? Yeah. Um, I'll start by saying, too, that aftercare, the definitions of things like kink and BDSM, like, aren't really in, you know, Merriam-Webster. So people are really (laughs) creating their own, trying to create definitions that are as encompassing as possible. So this one is just kind of what I've created over the years um, when teaching about this topic. So aftercare is a period of time after a scene, a scene can be sexual or non-sexual, in which a partner or partners attend to one another's physical, emotional, or psychological needs. It really is focused on grounding um, or bringing the the nervous system back to homeostasis or back to um, basically what you are regularly. Mm-hmm. Got okay. it. That makes sense. And I feel like for me... I kind of put aftercare in the same category as like meditation and things like, oh yeah, I know I should do that, but it doesn't sound very fun right now. Mm -hmm. So can aftercare be fun? Totally. (laughs) Um, I love that you said that because aftercare is actually, I was like, did you come to my workshop? (laughs) Um, (laughs) Aftercare is actually very much, um, well, kink and BDSM and aftercare are, are linked to meditation in a lot of ways. And we can talk okay. deeper about that if you guys want to know. But basically, our brains enter a state of consciousness that's very similar to those who, to one you would enter if you were in a deep meditative state, or if you were like, um, it's also known as like a runner's tie, or if you were mm-hmm. in like a deep sleep, right? So we have a lot of crossover in BDSM and kink to things like meditation that we are familiar with. So it's really great that you mentioned that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, why Why do we need aftercare? Like, why do we need someone to be there with us to come back to that, like, state of homeostasis? Like, why can't we just wait until eventually it happens <laughs> later in the day? Yeah, well, we can. Mm-hmm. Um, and we don't have to have a person with us. And it is really great to have that if you're going to have a healthy partnership or healthy relationship with the person you're either engaging in kink with or the person you're engaging with like an intense sexual experience with. Um, Because basically there's a lot of things happening in our brain during an intense sexual experience or just like a regular mildly intense sexual experience where we have like adrenaline going we have all these hormones pumping out we've got the dopamine and the serotonin and um, the norepinephrine and all of those good things and we also have things like cortisol and especially if you're in like a kink scene where it um it kind of numbs you to pain So you're in this state of mind where you're, you don't really care what's happening around you. You're really focused on like what you're experiencing. And this is very uncommon for our day-to-day life, right? Unless you're in like a meditative state or you're, you're running or you're taking drugs or you're sleeping and you're dreaming, you're not going to be in this like state of consciousness just regularly. So the reason why we need aftercare is because we have to help complete the cycle of bringing our bodies back down. Right. Like, um, I'm trying to think of a good, it's like if you rode a roller coaster and you just like went up and you just like stayed at the top Mm. and then like you slowly went back down, but how uncomfortable would that be if you just spent like the rest of the day, just like slowly going down the roller coaster And it would feel like a little icky and you might still feel like on edge, right? You might be Mm -hmm. like, oh, we're still really high. Like this isn't over yet. And that's kind of like how aftercare works. It helps bring you down in a healthy and safe way um, immediately after so that the rest of the time throughout the day or throughout the week, you can feel more back to your normal self. So does everyone need aftercare then? And do we need it in like most sexual situations or is it like some people don't really need it that's a great question so um 
it depends, right? I would say that if you're on the receiving end, I always say that special attention need to be needs to be paid to bottoms, receivers, and submissives, or anybody on the receiving end of a sexual experience or a kinky scene, because those people in that situation are going to exp- have a different experience than the people um, controlling, giving orders, or giving penetration in some way. And it's called subspace. Have y'all heard of the term subspace? Mm-mm. Okay. So subspace is basically everything I just kind of like went over. Um, And they did a study which basically talks about how folks who are in subspace in like a sexual scene feel um, differently than folks who are in a top space, let's say. So we've got a receiver and a bottom or a dominant and a submissive, whatever language you want to use. And those who are receiving experience Um, a lot of change in focus attention. So they stop focusing on like the world around them and they start really focusing on their internal sensations. They also don't experience time the same way. So there's time distortions and there's not a lot of, there's not too much awareness of the things happening around you. And you also experience a disinhibition of social constraints, which means you're not really giving a fuck what people think. Like Mm -hmm. if you're like, having a really good time or really intense sexual experience you might not be worried about like the stressors of the day because you might be in that really deep like fuck yeah state Mm -hmm. or like a subspace Mm -hmm. um and because of all this we're gonna take a little bit of extra time coming back to homeostasis whereas folks who are in top space who are like givers right they are going to be in a different space they're going to be like feeling confident and they're going to feel like um I think they call it like increased focused attention where you're like you're probably going to hit a bullseye if you were in this state (laughs) of mind right and those people are going to have a different experience than the ones receiving so to answer your question not everyone even just in the the little um, specificities of like bottom and top or Mm -hmm. receiver and giver are going to have aftercare the same way. Mm -hmm. Now I kind of think I know where your question was originally leading, which is like, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, but it's like, if I have like sex at the bar or after I go to the bar with a Chad and then I like wake up the next day, do I really want him to like give me aftercare? <laughs> <Right>? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like, do I really want to like spend 20 minutes cuddling with this person that I don't know? I've, I literally met them like last night and I don't even remember their name. Do I want that from them? <laughs> and the answer is not, it's not going to be the same for everybody. Right. Sex is much different when it's either transactional. And I talk about this with like sex workers. Like if you're engaging in like sex work, then you're not going to want aftercare Mm -hmm. or you might not want aftercare because your reciprocity comes from getting paid Mm -hmm. and kind of similar to that, right? You might, you might not want to have that like reciprocal relationship with the guy you met at the bar. You might just want to like get yours and get out. And then you can take care of yourself afterwards because it is an intimate thing. But I would say like, if you're in a relationship where it's an mostly even or um, equal relationship, reciprocity during sex is very important. And if you're someone who needs aftercare or needs to come back to homeostasis or come down, it's important to have that in a partner or in someone you're exploring with. Wow. It's so, so it's so interesting to me that you said that you can do that alone as well. Mm -hmm. So can we jump through a couple examples of what aftercare could like sound like or feel like either by yourself or with a partner? Because this is so, it sounds so perfect. Like (laughs) you would want that always like this feeling of resolution and like roundedness. I do have Mm -hmm. a quick question that I'm Mm -hmm. wondering if it would work before that is Mm -hmm. just what are some of the negative impacts of not doing aftercare? Just so we know kind of like this is why we should do it. Like how can we feel if we're not doing aftercare, but we do need it? What are some of the things Mm. that come up? I can speak from personal experience on this. So, and I don't have too much of like um, academic resources, but this is the direction I would go in. And I'll use my own example as like a a supporting evidence of this. um, If that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but I was in like a very serious, intense, like kink relationship for uh, a little while. And aftercare was not really a part of it. 
And I was always leaving that situation feeling very anxious and feeling um, like I needed more from this person. And it left me unable to focus in other areas of my life because I was, I was spending maybe days coming down from these experiences because I wasn't properly attending to my needs in that moment. And I think that's where it can really create um, discomfort in your life. If you're, if you're not taking care of your own aftercare needs, which we'll talk about that um, next, but just like, it takes a while. It can take a while to get back to normal, whether that's like the rest of the day or like a couple days after. So just like the understanding that you may not be feeling a hundred percent yourself. And if you're okay with being in that like uncomfortable state of mind, then that's okay. Right. But if you really want to just like get back to the rest of your life and leave that experience where it was, then you might want to focus on aftercare a little bit more. That's what I would say to that probably. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I definitely can feel like when we were talking about doing this and writing that question of like, what can it feel like if you're not getting the aftercare you need? I feel like I never thought about it, but I definitely could resonate with maybe that feeling, you know, Mm -hmm. of like, you just had sex and like, there's just something I'm missing and I don't feel good. It's not like the post-sex blues that we kind of talked about. It's like, it's more than that. It's like a yearning for what we're saying, like this resolution, this coming back to homeostasis. So I definitely feel like I've felt that and it's manifested in like being kind of pissy or Mm -hmm. feeling distant from my partner that I was having sex with at the time. Or I don't know, like eventually going about our days separately because like I just Mm -hmm. didn't get what I needed. Do you ever feel like you've had? I think for me, it is more of like the post-sex blues Uh because I more get like a little sad, a little anxious, just a little off, less like I need something and more like, I don't know, maybe it is still I need something, but it's more like I feel that sadness after, even if it was a really, really good experience, I still just get some like weird feelings after. But to be honest, I've never really done any aftercare because I also have sensory issues. And so when I do have sex, it's like, that's, you know, really... (laughs) sensational (laughs) but it's like a very like heightened sensory state and so after part of me is like oh don't touch me at all but then that doesn't feel quite right either Mm -hmm. it's like I'm not totally sure so I'm excited to get into some of the options for maybe taking care of myself after if I don't want to have somebody else engage in aftercare with me Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I want to touch on as well and I don't know if this should come now or after but like if you guys, if you and a partner have different needs after sex mm-hmm. and like mm. that causes a divide, like how to have that conversation, should that mm-hmm. come now or later? Do you think maybe <laughs> let's talk about some of the ways that you can, can do. and then yeah, what okay. to do in those, those sticky situations. Sticky. So let's circle back to examples then of how to do aftercare with a partner mm. and by yourself. Yeah. And Great questions. Yeah. Cause that comes up, right? Mm-hmm. Like one of our partners might hate cuddling and the other mm-hmm. one might hate talking and you're kind of left with this. What do we do now? How do we both get our needs met? So we're going to, we'll for sure touch on that. Mother's Day is around the corner, and whether you're celebrating your mama, grandma, guardian, or yourself, celebrate with the mother of all self-care routines by trying out Osea's Mega Moisture Duo. This duo delivers a one-two punch in luxurious body care moisturizers with their Anduria Algae Body Oil and Anduria Collagen Body Lotion, both featuring Osea's signature all-natural citrusy scent. I use both the body lotion and the Anduria Algae Body Oil once I get out of the shower and I use it literally everywhere. This duo is my go-to for feeling glowy and hydrated for literal days and the Osea Signature Scent is one of my faves because it's not overwhelming, um, but it's like a delicious and fresh smell that just lasts. Since 1996, Osea has been making seaweed-infused skincare that is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Treat mom to the everyday spa experience she deserves with clean, vegan skin and body care from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code DOOMY at oseamalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to OSEA.com. 
malibu.com and use code D-E-W-M-E for 10% off. As for methods of aftercare, I like to kind of think of it as just like a hierarchy of needs, right? You want to take care of the the physical first because you want to get um, basically all of your basic needs met. So if you have any wounds or marks, right, you want to attend to those. So you want to um, clean those up, get ice, whatever the case may be with that, or any pain for any reason. Uh, then you want to get food or water. You want to rehydrate, you want to eat, you want to kind of just like refuel your body or just make sure you're feeling okay. Cause you can't really, you can't feel normal if you're dehydrated and hungry, right? Mm-hmm. That's like one of the main things you want to get to first. Um, and then things like blankets or extra layers of clothing, making sure you're like, um, you're feeling safe and you're feeling warm and you're feeling like your body temperature is getting back to more normal. Cause sometimes we can have dysregulated body temperatures when we're playing or we're having an intense experience. Um, and that would be like the physical, the core physical ones that I would say, mm-hmm. make sure you do those first because that already might get you to feeling a little bit more grounded, right? Just taking care of those like basic needs. Mm-hmm. And then you can move on to some other things. So um, I love to do like kissing and touching or like massages afterwards or taking like warm baths or showers. I'm also a very sensory person. So being like immersed in warm water or like cuddled in a warm blanket always makes me feel really safe and like back in my body. And then when we're, we can take away from the, phys- not take away, but we can move from the physical to more like mental and emotional. And this of course will depend on what kind of relationship you have with this person. Um, So words of affirmation, right? You did a great job. That was so awesome. I loved when you did that. It really helps like folks feel like the experience was a positive one and it's reinforcing. And also discussing likes and dislikes, right? Of the experience that happened. So you can go over things like that. You can also discuss absolutely nothing that has to do with what just happened. You can be like, oh, hey, have you seen this show? Or um, do you want to watch something on TV? Right. Or just have a discussion to help get you back and out of that sexual mindset and back to just like everyday life, everyday conversations, mm-hmm. things like that. That's so nice. <laughs> <laughs> how, how would you, um, do more than just like the physical of like eating and drinking water. How would you go beyond and support yourself like mentally and emotionally if you were by yourself and like you just wanted to give it to you? Yeah. So when folks ask me this question, I ask them, what do you do for self-care? And that is aftercare is really just like care for yourself, but Mm -hmm. after sex or after kink, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So I would say, what do you do for self-care? Do you journal? Do you take baths? Do you do face masks? Do you drink tea? Do you watch your favorite show and turn your brain off for a couple of hours? And what are those things that you do to take care of yourself? If you don't know what you do to take care of yourself, that's a great place to start figuring out what your aftercare needs are. Um, Because then you can communicate that to your partner and be like, hey, so when I you know, I love taking baths and maybe they can be like, oh, great. We'll take a bath together after sex Mm -hmm. or something like that. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like aftercare takes kind of a while. I guess I always pictured it as like, you know, a back rub and like quick one, two. Yeah. (laughs) Like, well done, partner. Mm -hmm. Like you're pretty. And then you move on. But aftercare is like a thing. Is there, is there a shorter version? If like, you kind of need to get up and out, you know? Yeah. It doesn't have to be a thing, Mm -hmm. right? It can be a thing, but it also like, um, this might be like a TMI thing, but like, so my partner and I were at like a, a fun, like play party. I'm sure you guys, you're on a sex podcast. You yeah. know what play party is. <laughs> so we were at a play party this weekend. And when you're at like a play party, like there's real estate is tight. So you've got to like, people respect that you're in that space. And also there's people waiting for like mattresses and stuff. Um, so we had finished up and we were doing aftercare, but also like in the back of my mind, I was like, I know, like, I want to get up. I want to get dressed. I don't want to stay. It's not my bed. Like Mm -hmm. I'm in a public place and there's people (laughs) waiting for this mattress. So I'm, I'm trying to move, but I'm also trying to make sure I get taken care of. So we maybe spent like five minutes cuddling, whereas we would spend 
15 minutes cuddling and then like we'd watch a show we'd cook dinner we'd drink tea like the, it would be a whole big thing but we spent five minutes cuddling and then we were like okay great let's go got it so aftercare okay. can absolutely be that yeah um tangent but not really can you explain <laughs> play party a little bit because i get it oh, sex in a public spot but i'm curious <laughs> <laughs> yeah so a play party um it's uh, the way that I like to describe it. It's like a, a party, you know, there's the space that I go to has like a hot tub and like a backyard with a fire pit, but it's not like a, not like a hick fire pit, it's like a <laughs> New York, like, like really nice one. fire pit. Yeah. Like a nice one. Um, and there's like food and there's catering and there's like soup. It's like really nice. Um, so what I like to think of it is just like going to like a barbecue or going to like a fun, like backyard party where there's like a fun hot tub and a fun hot tub, <laughs> a hot tub. And people just happen to be having sex in certain parts of the house. And it's like very normalized, you know, you mm-hmm. don't, there are rules people, there's like consent speeches, there's intentions that are set, there's games and there's people there to make sure that there's safety and nobody's boundaries are being crossed. Um, but just think of it as like a party, except in certain rooms, people are having sex and like, it's very normal. You can watch, you can leave, you can ask to join in and you, they'll say no, they'll say yes. Right. So that's how I like to describe a play party. Cool. That sounds fun. Yeah. I love how, um, established it is, you know, the catering that's so important to me. <laughs> yeah. Catering's there. People are there <laughs> to enforce rules. We love structure. I don't know. That sounds cool. <laughs> yeah. Just- not every play party is like that, but you have to find <laughs> that's the a good ones one. <laughs> that, yeah, you have to find the ones that you enjoy going to mm-hmm. and the ones that um, do have things in place to create safety and do have things in place that like make you want to go back like a hot tub and a caterer like make me want to go back, you know, so. absolutely. Those are yeah. my two things as well. Just in my day-to-day life. <laughs> yeah. If you have a hot tub and food, I'll be there. I will. You can count me. You in. can count MM. I'm wondering... So we talked about, you know, what can happen if we aren't doing good aftercare, but what are some of the positive things of doing aftercare? Like besides, you know, in the moment, like it's going to make you feel better. It's going to help that down. But like, are there overall benefits for your sex life? I think um, depending on what kind of relationships you're in, but I'd say like if you're engaging in any sort of intense sexual experience with somebody, then it's important to establish some sort of safety and and vulnerability and sex is vulnerable, but I feel like aftercare is more vulnerable. Like you can have like meaningless sex, but like aftercare is asking somebody to hold you and take care of you and help Mm -hmm. you calm down uh, like back into your body. And that's, that's more vulnerable than just like having sex a lot of the time for some people. Mm -hmm. So I think there's a lot of potential for, to create closeness and to, experience vulnerability with partners and be like, Hey, this is what I need in order to feel safe. Can, can you provide this for me? You know, can we, can we, um, figure out a way to make us both feel safe after these experiences? How do we do that? It provides more closeness and and companionship. Mm -hmm. Sounds like it. And if you're a very vanilla sex haver, is it like normal to need aftercare? I think, um, Obviously, the in, not obviously the intensity is going to t- determine what kind of aftercare you need, right? If you're like, I mean, you know, insert intense sexual experience where you're like bruised, you you've been fucking for three hours, you have no water left in your body, right? You're <laughs> gonna need a lot more aftercare, yes, than just like a little fifteen minute stint, and <laughs> then you're done. <laughs> um, and it's, it's okay. Aftercare is, is it's just like any part of any sexual experience. It's not mandatory. It's just there and to make you feel safe. And it's there to um, give you what you need in case you do need something after sex. Mm-hmm. I feel like we, and especially our listeners, we're all in this like state of learning all of these terms and these are still kind of new to us and our sexual practices. So how would you start initiating a conversation with your partner about like explaining aftercare and explaining what you need and like asking for that? Totally. So I, I have like 
three basic communication tips. And um, obviously there are more, however you can communicate with your partner is, is going to be unique to you. But um, these are the ones that I like to, to start with. So the first one, if you've ever been to therapy, you know this. <laughs> it's um, using I statements to express what you want. So saying I feel rather than you make me feel. So instead of saying like, you make me feel really um, um, sad after sex or tired after sex, um, you would say, hey, I feel really dysregulated after sex and I need some help getting back to normal. Uh, can you offer that, you know? Um, or you can say, you know, when you do this, I experience this. So like when you spank me during sex, it makes it, I experience a much harder time coming back down afterwards. Can we talk about what we can do together? So just taking responsibility using those I statements because it makes your partner feel like they're not responsible for you mm -hmm. and it offers them an opportunity to collaborate with you because you're taking, you're taking ownership and responsibility of your own feelings and you're also asking for support. So that's the first one that I would do. Um, the next one is just being open and receptive, right? Just things like, hey, I'm open to hearing what you need after sex. I'm open to having this dialogue with you. I'm open to working out some sort of um, plan for things that we can do after sex. Um, I have like a little puppy dog girlfriend and she came to my aftercare workshop one time and she like wrote down all the things that I said I needed after sex. And then she like presented them to me and she was like, I wrote this down during your workshop and this is what I'm doing for you. And I was like, great. Thank Aww. you. Like, um, these are the things that I need. And, mm -hmm. and this is what's, this is what's working for me, you know? So she was enthusiastic to give me aftercare and hear what I needed. And I think a lot of partners are enthusiastic and want to care for you after sex. If you have like a, a substantial, um, relationship with them, whether that be like an ongoing hookup or, or a partnership, mm -hmm. folks want to take care of each other's needs. So I think also to remember that if you're the one asking to get your needs met, it's important to remember that if you're with this person, they probably want to help you get your needs met in some way, or they wouldn't be seeing you. And if they don't, maybe we'll reevaluate like why we're seeing them. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I love communication tips and I feel like those were great. Yeah. Those were great. Something that just clicked with me is I think obviously normalizing sex is super important to all of us here. That's kind of the, the point of this. <laughs> and sometimes I feel like I normalize it to a point where I'm like, eh, it doesn't matter. Like I don't need aftercare. It's like anything else that I do during the day, but it's mm. like, it is an intense thing. Like no mm -hmm. matter how vanilla, like the sex I'm having could be in a particular like circumstance, it is still a significant thing happening to my body, even if it was super pleasurable. And so it would make sense that I would need to like do some stuff after, yeah. especially because at least for you and I, we don't have sex that often. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, it's not something I do daily mm -hmm. at all. So when it does, even though we're used to the idea, we're normalizing it. It's still, like you're saying, a yeah. thing in my body. Yeah, we're we're <laughs> beginners. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So all the and there's tips. a difference between normalizing and numbing, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that would be important to also you're nobody's invincible. Nobody. I mean, we all like to pretend that we are sometimes. And like, we love that. We love a defense mechanism. <laughs> we um, love it. <laughs> and it's okay to not want to be vulnerable with certain people. Right. There's this, there's no obligation to ask like, like I said, Chad from the bar to fucking give you a bath after sex. Okay. Gross. <laughs> Gross. Gross. You yeah. don't want that. And, you know, just acknowledge like, Hey, I, this person can't give me what I need, but I still have needs mm -hmm. and I still deserve to get those needs met. And it's okay yeah. to have needs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But that, that totally like shifts it for me too. And it's like, it doesn't mean only have sex with people who can give you every fucking thing that you need. It's like, just learn how to give it to yourself, you know, and that's so valid. Like you still deserve to get your needs met, even mm -hmm. if you're meeting them yourself because you fuck Chad from the bar and you mm -hmm. don't want to see him in a <laughs> bath. Like that's Ew. totally fine. And I, I love that because I, I didn't think of aftercare as just something mm -hmm. for yourself. 
Yeah, I think mm. there's a lot of rhetoric around like, oh, I'm just a fucking badass. Like, I don't need any. Like, I don't know. Like, there's almost weirdness around having needs because that makes you needy mm -hmm. or it makes you like not the cool girl. Mm -hmm. And that's mm. fucking shitty because I have needs regardless. I'm not the cool girl and I've never <laughs> said that I was. I never so claimed to be the cool <laughs> that girl. That is not something I've claimed. <laughs> but I feel like it's shitty to you're either the cool girl or you have needs. Yeah. And it's like actually yeah i don't know where i am <laughs> exactly well it's it's normalizing that vulnerability like we talk mm -hmm. about you know like being sensitive being the sensitive or emotional one mm -hmm. that's a superpower if you claim it for yourself mm -hmm. and i feel like that's where we all need to get with aftercare because like even the most macho of partner might need aftercare but they feel uncomfortable bringing it up so it's like mm -hmm. let's just open that space and make it more of a superpower than a need neediness you know exactly type of weakness needs are cool needs are cool <laughs> needs are cool that's our next merge yep. <laughs> oh my god I completely agree i think there's like also this you know, piggybacking off of that there might be a um kind of this idea that people won't like you if you have needs and like mm -hmm. you said like there's i like to um people want to be desired and they want to be desired and, in they want to, um, if there are things they can do to be more desirable, which is coming off, like they don't have needs or they don't want certain things, then in order to get that desire need met, they might do those things, mm -hmm. you know, but at the end of the day, that's not going to be fulfilling for you. And you're going to keep desiring, um, things that turn out to be, maybe not fulfilling or maybe more empty connections than what you would have had if you were open and honest about what you do need in a, in a partnership. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. I remember college, yeah. <laughs> you know, like having, <laughs> having sex and not listening to what my needs were for after. And I'd feel great during sex and then shitty until the next time I had sex. Trying to be low maintenance. Trying to be low maintenance when I was the most high fucking maintenance for myself mm -hmm. who I have to deal with 24-7. And mm -hmm. that's exhausting <laughs> for me. And then that makes me not cool and not chill. Exactly. It's like I want to be so low maintenance for this person so that they can like me. But then I am so high maintenance for myself that I can't possibly meet all of my needs. So I'm just sad. I'm just going <laughs> to sit here. Yeah. And that's why aftercare is important. <laughs> Let's round this out. <laughs> we have a lot of thoughts on this. Yeah. I think. <laughs> a lot came up. A lot, yeah. a lot felt unlocked there. <laughs> This is what I talk about with like my coaching clients is they're like, they come in for like one thing and they're like, oh, you know, I can't come. Right. Mm -hmm. And that actually leads us to having like six sessions on like why they can't come and what that actually means and what they're turning off and what they're numbing. And like when people come in for to talk about sex or talk about sexual things, there's actually a lot of things underneath that we're not really aware of that are so directly linked to sex. And once we open the floodgates, so to speak, you know, we're just talking about aftercare and you're like, wow, maybe I was really um, ignoring my needs in college. And you're like, that's, that's a lot. Right. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, am I, am I getting my needs met now? You're like, am I still doing that? What's going on? Yeah. So it really opens the floodgates to like, what is serving me and what's not. Mm-hmm. It's like a vortex that just opens up. You're like, oh, my God. <laughs> well, I'm just thinking about like, you know how when you're walking and generally men won't move out of the way if you're about to hit each other. So you have to move out of the way. It's mm -hmm. like if you're always going to be moving out of the way for people, you're probably also not going to tell people what you need during sex. If mm -hmm. you're literally when you're walking down the sidewalk, always moving for other people. I don't know. It just... I think about emails and being like, so sorry about this, but if you could yeah. maybe perhaps yeah. help me with this thing that you're totally supposed to do, but um, I'll do it if you don't want to. Mm -hmm. Like, it's all that sort of vibe. I feel like it all fits Just like together. making yourself smaller and less mm -hmm. of an issue, quote unquote, mm -hmm. for other people. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of lines being drawn. Back. Say that again. Sorry. No, I just said there's a lot of lines being drawn <laughs> mentally. Connections. <laughs> yeah, a lot of connections. It all goes For back, sure. you were saying? I was saying it all goes back to that feeling of, like, wanting to be desired or wanting mm -hmm. to be loved, but thinking that, you know, we have to sacrifice parts of ourselves in order to get that. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Well, and 
One question that I have, you know, like you were talking about, Emma, you have a lot of those experiences from college where you didn't get what you needed. I imagine that would impact sexual experiences moving forward and not only your ability to advocate for aftercare, but also like during what you want, not you in particular, mm. but like anybody who has had experience yeah. not getting what they need and then taking that into the next sexual experience yeah. feels like it could fuck right. you up. No, but that's exactly what I was thinking. So mm-hmm. the, this person I was having casual sex with, I ended up being in a relationship with after and sex stayed this like inconsistent and like issue Mm -hmm. so it had me thinking while we were sitting here like what if because neither one of us were honest and truthful during our casual sex time sex felt like such an issue because it's so different than what I was making it seem when we were doing casual Mm -hmm. things but now we're in a relationship and I'm being more honest and it's like now it's 180 degrees different and it's Mm -hmm. like so that that's what I was thinking this whole time we were talking, which is a doozy, I'll mm. say. Oh, who knew aftercare could get so deep? <laughs> Fuck. Wish this was wine. Wish this was a white claw. Mm. No, I feel that. I think that's a great point, too. It's like when you're sleeping with someone, like the first time you sleep with them, like you set the bar for what you need. Like, um, <laughs> If you're like, oh, you don't want to eat me out because you hate eating pussy, like, that's totally fine. And then, like, you're like, oh, I want to see this person again. Well, which, why would you after that? But but you get into that kind of, like, you're, if you set the bar, you know, in those initial first couple of um, sessions, hangouts, whatever you want to call them, then that's going to be the expectation moving forward. So setting that bar, like, as close as possible to what you authentically need is great because if that relationship develops into something else, like you were saying, it's easier to advocate for yourself from the get-go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you are bringing in some of that, like, I guess we could talk about it in the context of a relationship, but just in general, if you are bringing like, oh, I really haven't been getting my needs met, but I'm trying to have good sex now. Like, where do you start? That's a really big question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, that's not why we asked you to come on. But... <laughs> if you're open to it. Yeah. <laughs> you're open. Totally. Um, I have like tons of workshop material and I only pulled up the aftercare one. So I'm just going to like try and go off the top of my head. Um, of your... Let me rephrase it so I understand. Okay. If you're settling for less mm-hmm. and continuously, and mm-hmm. then you finally want to start advocating for yourself, how do you go about that process? Mm-hmm. If Is you're that- carrying all that weight of like, oh, I never have gotten what I need. Because I feel like, I don't know, it kind of goes back to like the body keeps score type of thing. Like your body knows that you aren't getting what you want every time that you have sex or every time after you feel like shit. And I imagine mm. then going into sex you would still carry some of those shitty feelings. So it's like, you I almost guess, associate yeah. sex with like feeling shitty and mm-hmm. then you like don't want to have it anymore. Even if it's subconsciously, maybe that's therapy. Maybe um, you just need <laughs> therapy. <laughs> it's possible. That's possible the answer because this is getting, yeah, <laughs> digging down a hole. <laughs> yeah, no, that's tough. I think um, I use the body keeps the score as like a reference for a lot of my coaching. So I I think that's great to bring up. Um, And the the journey of advocating for yourself is not an easy one. So let's say that like, I, I mean, I consider myself very educated on the topics of sexuality and whatever the whole umbrella. And I still have problems advocating for myself. Like my girlfriend still has to be like, Hey babe, it's okay to say no. Like when she asks me if I want to do something sexual and I'm like, uh, I don't know, maybe later or like maybe tomorrow or okay, give me like five minutes. Like I still have to be reminded that it's okay to say no, that like my body and my needs are important. And that's, um, that's a really hard thing to, to unlearn and then relearn. It's almost like you're going through that process of learning about yourself in this context in a completely different way. Um, so my first thing, like we can't really dive too deep into it, but my first thing would just be like, be forgiving with yourself and take the time to learn what it is that you need or that you really want or you really value in a relationship. Like there was a shift in college for me where I stopped 
having sex with people who wouldn't eat me out. Mm-hmm. And I would like ask them as like a preliminary question. I'd be like, will you do this? If no, you know, continue. Fuck yeah. Um, <laughs> fuck yeah. Because I was just tired of not getting my needs met. Mm-hmm. And that was like a, so that was a small step that I took. Like I made choices that geared towards my needs. Right. Mm-hmm. And did it always work out? No, but that was a, a step that I took in a direction of I'm going to take care of myself and I'm only going to accept things or people or experiences that align with what I need in my life. Establishing your non-negotiables. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And getting grounded in who you are. Cause I think as people socialized, like as women, mm-hmm. a lot of the times we, I can speak for myself. We, um, we paint who we are hoping that who we are is desirable by somebody else or desirable to somebody else instead of painting who we are because that's who we are. Uh, so I would get, get working on that because mm-hmm. that's, that's a lot. <laughs> just that little thing. That's all. Just yeah. that one. Just figure out who one the fuck you are. Thing. And uh, great. We'll you're, start, good to go. you're good to go. We'll meet again next week. What's coming up for me when you're talking is, you know, I feel like all of those past experiences, if you're not getting what you want, if you're, you know, experiencing even that like tiniest level of trauma by like, you know, you have this great sexual experience, but then don't get what you need after. I imagine you kind of lose trust with yourself and kind of lose a sense of self-trust and then advocating for what you want, making those non-negotiables and like sticking to your word, even though that's not going to happen all the time. You know, we can all Mm -hmm. make mistakes and like whatever fuck up but I feel like that would build that self-trust back up and mm-hmm. at least from my own healing journey I feel like building self-trust is super important mm-hmm. yeah yeah I agree can uh, <laughs> don't have anything else to add there <laughs> nothing to add nothing to add there come on some words of wisdom let's go oh I don't have any I'm just realizing how much work I need to do. <laughs> kind of just sitting with that. I'm in the trenches right I'm now. I'm currently trenched. <laughs> That's all. Oh. oh, well, this has been really fun. Is there anything that we didn't touch on that you feel like needs to be said? Any, yeah, any final yeah, words? I, I want to briefly touch on what to do if your partner's aftercare needs are like different than oh, yours. Oh, yes. Uh-huh. Because I think that that comes up a lot. I forgot. Um, <laughs> Got so focused on yeah. ourselves. Yeah, but. I'm more, I'm a little selfish. Yeah, but, but who cares? <laughs> I mean, the conversation was great. Y'all really just like <laughs> ran with it. Yeah. You're like, am, am I worth aftercare? <laughs> That's typically how most things go for us. Yeah, <laughs> if start I related a, to me. If I could come back to me for a second. I will. Yeah, 100% I will. Yeah. <laughs> But let's um, go back to that question. <laughs> yeah, because this one comes up a lot. So I think folks listening might have this question. Um, it's common, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I love, so I have this like acronym from one of my favorite sex therapists named Rachel Wright. Um, so I'll give her credit at the Rachel Wright. And <laughs> she has this, um, this acronym called Acknowledge, Explain, Offer where you first acknowledge what the other person needs and then you explain why maybe it doesn't work for you or why there's a disconnect there. And then you offer something else. So those three things can really be helpful when communicating about different needs. So you're saying like, Hey, I understand that you need to be cuddled after sex because it makes you feel safe. Um, That's your acknowledge. Mm -hmm. And then your explain would be, so cuddling after sex makes me feel super anxious because I don't like a lot of touch. But then you have to offer. So you've acknowledged that you're different. You have different needs and you've explained why to kind of create some empathy. And then you go into, you know, perhaps we can cuddle for five minutes and then we can um, draw you a bath and you can spend the rest of the time in the bath doing your own self-care. Or perhaps I can cook you a meal instead and give you a back massage and, and offer some other things that are more of like a compromise, but still allow folks to get their needs met without one person compromising their needs right that's the important part we don't want anybody to do something that they don't want to do especially in aftercare as well as sexual experiences Mm -hmm. I love that yeah that's perfect and I feel like that's the basis of all good relationships is acknowledging Mm -hmm. um explaining right and then offering yeah I feel like we should always do that 
reiterating yeah. what we're saying is probably one of the best tools that I feel like I've started to learn mm -hmm. being an adult and especially in situations like this, that would be mm. just so validating to feel like, oh, at least you hear me. Even if you mm -hmm. can't do it, at least you literally understand what I'm saying. Yeah. If you can't meet my need in this particular way that I have decided is most helpful, like at least you are trying to meet my need. Like in that scenario, I was like, oh, get him a weighted blanket and sit next to him. <laughs> sit next to him. <laughs> There you go. I'm like, that Just helps is me. me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to tell my friend that. My friend asked me. She was like, my boyfriend loves cuddling, but I hate it. What do I, I do? Hate <laughs> it. Yeah. A weighted blanket and sit sit right down next to him. Yep. Scroll along TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> that feels great. fine. You should get your projector and then do TikToks mm. on your projector. So it's just Ooh, huge. I like that idea. So many uses for a projector we've found. Yeah. Such a good idea. Yeah. That's Perfect. I'm so glad that you circled back to that one because that's so important mm -hmm. and those tips are amazing. Where can our listeners continue connecting with you after this episode? Yes, please. So um, my main playground is Instagram. It's at turning violet with an underscore at the end. And then my uh, website, which has all my workshops and my coaching forms and my articles and things like that is turningviolet.com. So super easy to remember. Let's get out of here. Let's get out of here with our aftercare practices that we've recently mm. learned. And now you know okay. why my relationship failed. <laughs> and now you know. The more you know, right? The more you know. <laughs> Thank you, Violet, for enlightening me, I guess, and also sticking with us through the turns. She said at one point, she was like, yeah, this isn't what you brought me on here for. But well. you know what? You are a trooper, and we mm -hmm. appreciate you, and we appreciate you, our listeners. You, the royal you. <laughs> I don't know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. And if you appreciate us, uh, go ahead and share this episode or any other episode that you loved with someone that you love and that mm -hmm. you think would also love yeah. us. Um, it would mean a lot to us and it would just spread the damn word because aftercare. Mm -hmm. Am I right? Am I right? It's so important. And also, we'll remember to actually say this in the beginning of episodes, but you should go to our YouTube mm -hmm. and you should check it out. Yes, you should. See our faces talk about things. Yeah. It actually adds a lot more. I'll, I'll tell you that. Because we also have to like say what we're doing some of the mm -hmm. times. And sometimes we forget. Oh. So if you're missing something, go watch us. <laughs> Chances are you can watch us do it. Do it. Um, and we have a lot more fun things coming up on YouTube as well. Some, mm -hmm. some YouTube exclusives. Exclusives. Only seen on YouTube. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Couldn't have said it better myself. So, so. on that note... <laughs> See you uh, next week or on YouTube. Yeah. Bye. Bye.